Amidst the grounds of the Miskatonic University stands a grim archive. Within lies a collection of the darkest secrets known to mankind. But visitor beware, for what horrors lie within their pages. Can you resist their maddening call, or will you succumb to the tales from the Orna Library? Tonight's story, Long Way From Home, Part 8, Land Down Under. Previously, our investigators finally put the peril on a spa behind them and struck out into the outback once more. Along the way, Orson finally found his meteorites, and the party encountered a mysterious thunderclap that was followed by a fallen alien arm. They finally arrived at the Yudnamutna mine, where everything had seemed to be pointing to. There they were reunited with the mad swaggy Eri Jephardt, who warned them once again about the penguins in the mine. They descended into the mine itself using borrowed equipment from around the site, and found themselves at the shore of a large underground lake, with a mysterious light on the other side. We pick up as they back away from a crate of unstable dynamite. Welcome back, listeners, to the Tales from the Orn Library. This is the finale to Long Way From Home. And so we pick up the quaking. Not, it wasn't as bad as it has been on the surface, but the quaking comes to a stop. Ripples go across on the underground lake as everything once again goes still. What do you do? Um, I get away from that fucking dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> We see a cre- we see a thing, right? Something moving. Yeah, you saw movement by that tunnel entrance. Well, I'm gonna continue what I was doing before and go to it. Uh, before he does that, um, Orson, as soon as he sees the movement, is going to pull out his gun and fire towards it. Yeah, make a uh, make a firearms roll. All right. That's a 15 under 40, which is a hard success. Okay, wow. The shot goes off and the sound echoes across the cavern and you hear a a distant ping as it hits something metal in that entranceway. Metal. Hmm. Uh, By the way, Louis shoots his hands over his ears. Because we're in a mine shaft and that was a gunshot. Yep. <laughs> and it is super fucking loud. <laughs> Orson's just kind of like his his hands kind of shaking. Uh he's very on edge right now. Uh hey, hey, um, hey buddy. Uh you know, maybe put the gun down, alright? I I I don't want anything ambushing us. Um that's a, that's a good statement, um, but maybe let's just keep it cool with the uh, trigger, you know, 
uh, we don't want to <laughs> kill anybody, you know? I agree with Wooly over here. <laughs> I, I, I was wrong. There are some people we can kill. There are some people that deserve to die. I just want to make that clear. Some people we can kill, but still put the gun down just for now, at least. Uh, Orson uh, starts to lower his gun and put it away. I good Sorry, man. Is that, is that something we need to talk about, Groovy? I, um, oh, oh, God. Maybe, you know what? Honestly, maybe you should take one of those sticks of dynamite and just, I don't know, juggle it a little bit. I, I don't know. I, I'm just spitballing here. Um, why, why would I do that? I don't know, because it looks cool. You could say you juggled dynamite and then blew up or, or, or that you uh, juggled dynamite. I. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> I, I am so <laughs> under Louis's breath. He's just going to say, I am so slandering the shit out of that guy when this gets published. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, don't forget, slander is speech and prints libel. I. Wait, isn't this Australia? <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> it's, Everything's it's, reversed. It's, it's, it's reversed. It's all reversed. It's all reversed. It's upside down. <laughs> That's kind of a reverse. No, it's not. Um, Orson, after he puts the gun down, he'll start walking towards where he shot. Okay. So just a reminder, this cavern is filled with this underground lake. Um, right. And there is a ledge to the right of you, a uh, rather narrow ledge. But yeah, underground lake, spring break. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> um, Henry is going to follow after Orson. OK, so you guys approach this narrow, rocky ledge. It looks to be between a foot, two feet wide all right so who's going first uh chuck is okay so you take a second look at it and you climb up and i would like a dexterity roll from you dexterity you got as it. you start inching your way across and while that happens uh you two the other two are hopping on as well i'm assuming yeah yes okay so uh dex rolls from you as well uh, that is a 35 under 48 for Chuck. That is a <laughs> 95 over 50. Uh, if you wish to push, you can. Uh, Henry, what about you? Henry got that uh, 10 under 60 for that extreme success. Hell yeah. Ooh. I'll take the, the fall on this one. I don't want to push. Okay. Before we get to that, uh, Louie and Travis, what about you two? Um, I got a six <laughs> under uh, 75. Okay. I, uh, ooh, uh, Travis is not, um, what you would call nimble. Uh, he got a 93 over 35. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so... You guys start making your way across and you get about halfway before Orson and Travis almost simultaneously lose your grip on the wall and you plummet into the lake. Okay. However, you only fall for a little bit. You feel this resistance 
to your weight. You don't sink, actually, and you're partially supported as if sitting in a shallow bath made of rubber. Interesting. I, I, I was I was going to say that you hear a and then you hear a <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's because Travis is small. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it feels weird. Real weird. Does it look weird too? Not really. Oh, okay, then then it's not out of the ordinary. So to the outsiders, it looks normal, like we're just in water. Yeah. Um, I will reiterate what I mentioned at the at the when you guys first arrived at the lake. A couple inches under the water is this other opaque layer. Hmm. Well, Orson is he's going to sort of try and make any observations he can about this. Like, obviously, like a, a good scientist would. Um, mm-hmm. And then he's he's going to get back out Um kind of take mental note of what happened and get back out because he's not sure he trusts weird rubbery liquid. Okay. Um, I know this is only a couple inches deep, but uh, this is at almost chest height for me. Can somebody help? Uh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, am, am I, am I in a position to help him out? <laughs> I mean, pr- probably not. The closest yeah. person to help him would be Orson. Orson. Yeah, I can I can help him out while I'm climbing out. Thank you. <laughs> uh, of course, no no problem. Uh, so if you want to make a a dex roll for me, both of you, um, okay. to get back onto the onto the ledge. <laughs> oh, no, please. <laughs> okay, that's good. That is a thirteen under fifty. Nice. That is okay. a 96 over 35. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> it got worse. <laughs> okay. So, Orson, you managed to scramble back up onto the ledge and make your way along with the others. Um, Travis, this plastic layer underneath you is not doing you any favors, and you just can't seem to get a, a, a hold of the ledge. And before anyone can do anything to help you, the ground beneath you stirs and suddenly these tendrils start snaking their way up your body. They wind around your limbs, across your face. These smaller tendrils wind into your nose, your ears, and gaps in your clothing. I need you to make a sanity roll for me. Oh boy. Uh, oh, that's an 88 over 34. Oh, oh my goodness, dude. Oh, no. <laughs> you lose five sanity. All right, we're at 29 sanity right now. <laughs> 29 is about a lot better than what I'm at. <laughs> you yelp out in fear um, and swat at these tendrils. Um, I would like you to make an intelligence roll for me to see if you go... Add. That is a 24 under 65. <sighs> that word under just like <laughs> used so much tension. Alrighty. Oh, what do I want wait. to do to oh, you? Oh, wait, no, that's a bad thing. Oh, <laughs> that's, no. that's bad. <laughs> oh my god. I never mind. 
you know, I was going to make some sweet, innocent joke about like how me like not being able to get back onto the ledge was like a child like trying to climb over the baby gate. And I imagine that's exactly what it looked like. And then all of a sudden, just horrific, like <laughs> agony. <laughs> OK, here's what I think I'm going to do. All right. From now on, you have an intense fear of large bodies of water. Lakes, rivers, hell, maybe even your own bathtub. And you kind of freeze for a minute as this examination continues. Ew. And eventually it subsides. And you just you stand there just kind of shaking. My God, this is bad. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know what to do. Um, would my having a hard success on my dexterity roll be able to help me in any way in saving him? No. Okay. It was worth a try. Indeed. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I have no idea what the fuck to do. <laughs> I mean, you can pull him up onto the ledge. Yeah, That's one, I, I mean, yeah. am I in a position to do that? Like, am I? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna. Oh God, I'm gonna reach down. And I'm gonna try to pull him onto the ledge. Okay. Uh, make a strength check. Alrighty. That's <laughs> a. Okay. Let's see if that's a winner. Yes, that's a thirty-one under fifty-five. Alrighty. You pull the shaken up Travis and get him onto the ledge. You guys continue forward. Uh, probably. Oh, hold on a minute. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna pat him off a little bit. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't think patting me off is going to really do much here. Uh, <laughs> I think the last thing I want to be is touched. <laughs> Orson, Orson would like to look down into the water, try to peer into it, see if he can see what grabbed him. Okay. Make an extreme spot hidden roll. Oh, God. Well, let's see how this goes. That is about as bad as I could have done it. That's a 93 over 15. <laughs> oh, so no. many shit rolls today. Jesus. I know. Seriously. You can't see what it was. Henry is just in the mood to get to the other side as quickly as possible. Oh, yeah. Shuffle, shuffle, okay. shuffle. Probably a good idea. I'm here, yeah. You sidestep your way across mm -hmm. the rest of this cavern and find yourself at the other end, standing in front of the crack where the light is emanating from. Uh, do I see where my bullet hit? Um, no. So as you get closer to this crack to see where where your bullet might have hit you investigate why you heard that metallic ping um behind this uh this crevice is this smooth polished green stone material as well as a large 12 foot circular door that is partially opened and this appears to be where the light is coming from okay uh well I'm assuming it's pretty narrow where we are. We can't really switch order. 
Uh, so it's kind of up to Chuck to take the lead. Take the lead here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, for safety, because ancient mine and stuff like that, or not ancient, but old mine, open door doesn't bode well. I'm going to pull my gun out and uh, slowly shuffle my way over to that open door and take a peek inside. Okay. So you manage to squeeze yourself through with little to no problem. And you find yourself in an almost circular tunnel about 12 feet across. Um, it appears to be cut from the rock, but the walls are fused to a smooth, glassy sheen. And the floor is coated with moisture, making it somewhat slippery. Um, the walls and floors give off this cool blue-white fluorescent glow that's almost the equivalent of like a full moon out. Do I see any thing moving in it? Nope. All right. I start to step in. Okay. Rest y'all? Uh, Louis has his Lee Enfield, like, at the ready, and he steps in. Uh, I'll follow. Uh, gun in hand as well. The same. Uh, Travis is also going to follow, gun in hand, but very visibly shaken. All right. Once again... Uh, circular tunnel about 12 feet across and whatnot. The slipperiness seems to increase, so guess who needs to make another dexterity roll? All of us. Yep. I love that this is like a straight 50-50. Oh, Are you fucking kidding me? me. Mm. I rolled another 95. <laughs> How the hell? Dice jail. Dice jail. It's a... Uh, 23 under 50 for Orson. Yeah, my my good luck has come to haunt me. Louis has a 91 over 75. Oh, Ooh, guys. Uh, 39 under 48. All right. I'm just going to say you all have a bit of a... It's, it's like you're walking around the sidewalks when it's icy. You know, you're slipping and sliding, but you're, you're still able to make your way through the tunnel. But it is passable. Gotcha. Okay. Well, Chuck Steak, it's kind of your cue. Um, I press on, uh, scanning my surroundings for any openings, anything moving, anything out of the ordinary. Should I make a spot hidden check? No, you don't have to. Okay. Um, it winds through the rock for about another 600 or so paces before ending with an identical but uh, closed door. You know what you do with doors? You open them. Let's do that. All right. <laughs> well, uh, is there a knob on the door? Maybe a handle? Maybe a knocker? Nope. However, less than a second after you touch the door, it opens. You know, that's definitely better than all those things I mentioned. Does it like open all the way or do I need to like push it open? It opens all the way. All right, then. Uh, gun, gun, guns pointed out. Lanterns also out. Do I see anything moving? Uh, not that you can see. It opens into this circular chamber um, that's relatively small. It's about 20 feet across and empty. However, 
The walls and domed ceiling are completely covered in elaborate glyphs and bass reliefs. A second circular door and a pentagon-like aperture punctuate the carvings at floor level. Interesting. This looks spooky. So, what would you guys like to do? Are there any other creatures or peoples in this room? No, there's not. Okay. If you, if anyone would like, you could make a spot hidden roll. I'll make a spot hidden roll. I will as well. 78 over 70. I got a 24 under 80. All right. Let's see here. Uh, are you? Oh, come on. 86 over 75. All right. Jesus Christ. So, Louie, you can tell that these glyphs are organized into distinct groupings with the greatest concentration across the dome of the ceiling. Hmm. Okay. Um, I'll point this out to everybody. Hmm. Uh, what, um, uh, what do we think it means? I don't know. Maybe the doc, would you know? Maybe it means, uh, something happens when you stand in the middle of the room. Orson, go ahead and make me a mathematics roll. Okay. Let's see here. Henry, why don't you make me an archaeology roll? Yeah. Where is my mathematics skill? It should be your science skill. Science math? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. That's a 35 under 70. Okay, so that's a hard success. Oh no, Colin. Uh, I rolled a 95 over 50. Lots of 90s today. You can push. Henry feels like there has to be something to the glyphs and the structure of this room. And there has to be something that I remember from teaching in school that might like remind me of what this is or like what's going on here. Okay. And that's a 16 under 50. Alrighty. So Orson, uh, you study these, uh, these groupings and they appear to be some kind of formula or recipe. And it seems like it's general mathematics, though the symbology and iconography is different than what you're used to. Um, And Henry, the things that you can see, you see these winged barrel shaped uh, beings with starfish shaped heads. They appear to be shepherds or guides. And these roughly ovoid amorphous forms of many sizes seem to be subservient to or shepherded by the barrel things. They emerge from a body of water and seem to do the bidding of the barrel things. They are builders, carriers, and soldiers. At the zenith of the dome, swarms of winged things with bulbous heads and too many limbs hurl stars and lightning from the heavens to the dismay of the barrel things. They are clearly an enemy. If you want to make a Cthulhu Mythos roll, you may do so, Henry. Oh, please. Oh, I've waited so long. Good dice, good dice, good dice. Nope. Not quite. Um, that's, uh, that's an 86 over 20. Not quite, you say? 
<laughs> it was close. <laughs> this doesn't lie within your knowledge of the mythos. Gotcha. So once again, I'll reiterate, there is the door at the other end, as well as the pentagonal aperture. Um, Orson is frantically taking notes of these uh, mathematical carvings or uh, sort of ideas on the walls. Um, he figures that if it has anything to do with what he came here to study, um, I mean, all of the meteorological phenomenon were happening around here, so this might give some insight into how it works. Okay. Um, I want to say Chuck is like very on guard because to be frank, he's quite tired of all the Cthulhu shit. He's seen enough. He has seen like he's becoming the definition of I'm getting too old for this shit. Um, I think Orson, after he gets done taking his notes, uh, he kind of just proceeds into the room, uh, like, and just, he inspects the walls, like, physically, uh, trying to figure out, like, you know, he, he's not an expert, but he wants to get an idea for, like, how fragile or how old it is. Okay. It... You don't need a roll to know that this is old. And that's something you actually pick up on, Henry. This seems impossibly old. Hmm. Do we see anything penguiny? <laughs> <laughs> no, you do not. Okay. Son of a bitch. Hmm. Well, if nobody else has anything they want to do in this room, I feel like we could proceed to... Through the aperture? Wherever. Yeah, through the aperture. Real quick. Yeah. Travis is going to search his pockets for his eldest sign. Okay. You pull out this stone creation of yours and hold it close to you. And you feel a slight bit of warmth and uh, relief as it's closer. Um, so you guys said you were going to check out the aperture? Yes. Okay. So you get closer, and unlike these um, other doors you've been to, there appears to be no visible barrier in the doorway. It's It looks like a vertically stretched pentagon about 10 feet high, and it's decorated with sinuous glyphs etched into the dull blue-gray metal, each about the size of an outstretched hand. But like I said, uh, there doesn't appear to be any visible barrier in this doorway. Instead, the area seems to play tricks on your eyes. It's as if your blind spot is shifting and spreading across the opening. Um, anyone who looks at... So that was Chuck and Orson, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, both of you make a sanity roll. I will say Henry was probably looking as well. Okay, so Henry, you do the same. Oh my god. Are you fucking oh, serious? No. Uh, Orson just got a 91 over 9. Uh, so you only lose one. So there's that. Henry got 76 over 29. Oh. Okay, you two will also lose one. Chuck got four. 
under 26. Okay. You don't lose anything. S- Stone cold Chuck steak. Mm. <laughs> uh, Louie, you're starting to say something? Um, Louie's like very captivated by all the hieroglyphs and everything. Uh, being sort of a naturalist, like he's not very used to stumbling upon an ancient civilization, so he's a bit out of the loop with everything going on. He's just going to be peeking around at the hieroglyphs. Okay. I imagine taking a couple snapshots and whatnot. Oh, for sure. You bet. Okay. So, what are you guys going to do with this opening? Does it lead into, like, a hallway, or...? It, uh, the wall is behind it. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. I may regret this decision. No... I don't know if I want to do it. Do it, do it, do I've, it. I've, I've half a mind to like put my hand on it. I mean, what would someone with twenty six sanity do? <laughs> um, fuck. You know what? No, no. Chuck is had too much Cthulhu shit. He's not gonna touch it. He's not gonna be anywhere near it. Okay. Um, there. And the only other thing here is like the way out, right? The way back we came. No, there, there's another door as well. Okay. Oh. Okay. Okay. Uh, then I, I think I'll Orson will just uh, move over to the other door quickly uh, and try to open it. Okay. Um, just like the first one with Chuck, it opens as soon as you touch it. All right. Uh, I'm, I put away my notebook and uh, writing utensil and pull out my gun again, uh, careful as always. Okay. Once again, it opens into yet another one of these slimy tunnels of the green stone, and it seems to go on for a while. What the fuck? Well, I'll, uh, I'll say I certainly have a reason to stick around now. This math is... Uh, it's... it's it must prove to be invaluable in my research. Sure. <laughs> I'm. I'm. I'll just. I'll just be behind you. You don't. You don't know what will happen down here. Uh, Orson really doesn't pay Chuck any mind. He's. He's kind of enthralled just by, just the uh, the weirdness of what's happening right now. I suppose. Right. Um, Lou's going to take a picture of this <laughs> hallway. Okay. So you enter into this tunnel, and it goes on for a long time. You're not quite sure how long you've been walking down this tunnel, but you feel it maybe at least a mile. Uh, and you pass a couple openings, and you follow them for a minute until you discover that a cave has sealed them off. And so you retrace your steps and continue down the main tunnel until finally you find another door. What shape is it? It's the same as I was, a circular door. Oh, I, I thought it was like the aperture before. Nope. Okay, quick, quick thing. Um, Orson wants to look like specifically at the door. Uh, mm-hmm. It just kind of occurred to him. A circular door is kind of strange. How uh, how nice of a circle is it? Is it like a perfect circle? Yeah. Okay. That's very strange. Hmm. Can I 
investigate around the door to see if there, I can see anything that's like triggering it to open, like like the last ones have. Uh, yeah, make a spot hidden roll. Okay. I got a one under seventy-five. Um, I can tell you with confidence that you cannot see at all what is causing this thing to open. Okay. Hmm. By some unseen force. Well, I will. Uh, Orson will. Uh, he'll touch the door or whatever he needs to do to trigger it to open like uh, has happened before. And it opens. Uh, this is a larger chamber beyond. And I forgot to mention this with the first chamber, but while the tunnels have this kind of blue-white glow, the apertures give off this kind of faint purplish glow that illuminates the rooms. And that's the same thing that happens with this one as well. Arrayed along the walls of this chamber are dozens of smooth, ovoid, iridescent blue containers between three to ten feet tall. They're all interconnected by black rope-like tendrils as thick as a man's arm, which emit a faint hum at the limit of your perception. So you're all entering, correct? Yes. 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 Okay. Travis. Yes. As soon as you step in the threshold, you hear a voice. Oh, goodness. You can't make out what it says. It's very faint. Um, little more than a whisper. I would like you to make a listen roll for me. Listen, 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 listen. That is quite lucky. Um... I rolled a nine under 20. Alrighty. You make out these words. Table. Alive. Hmm. Table not wet. Alive. And I guess let me finish describing what the room looks like. Along one stretch of the chamber wall that tendrils have shriveled and grayed looking like roots of dead trees here some of the containers have ruptured spilling their contents across the floor all that remains is a crystalline residue lining the interior of the shattered ovoids whatever was contained there would have long turned to dust yet the floor is spotlessly clean and at the center of the room are three slabs each five feet tall and ten feet across made of a grayish material so this is what lies before you. What the hell? That's a, uh, that's a quote. <sighs> mm -hmm. Uh, do I notice any more carvings on the wall? Uh, no, there are not any. Okay. And there is another one of the apertures in this room as well. Hmm. Uh, well, I'll make sure to avoid looking at it. <laughs> um. Uh, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Yeah? I, uh... I don't mean to alarm you. I might be going mad. But did anyone else hear a voice as, as soon as we walked in here? Uh, no, I didn't hear nothing. I think so. I, I... Uh, no, no. Uh, right, right. Uh, uh it, it was probably nothing then. You heard my voice. 
And Chuck, you hear this too. Who, who said that? And I like frantically like point my gun around looking for someone. You heard that too. <laughs> Louis ducks. <laughs> Shut the f- <laughs> Yeah, I did hear it. I uh, you you heard what it said, then said you heard my voice. Oh boy. What the hell? You two find yourself looking at a low bench where a large blue-gray cylinder about three feet tall and two feet wide sits. You find yourself drawn to it. Its surface is um, clearly metallic, but it's pitted and scarred as if it endured extreme conditions long ago. There is no obvious seam or lid, although there is a symbol etched into its top, which bears similarity to the other glyphs found in this place. You said we were drawn to it? Yes. Hey, Travis, you feel that too? Uh, it, yes, I, I feel it too. I, I, I can't quite explain it, but I, uh, I... I need to go over to that bench, and Travis will waddle on over there. Not penguin-like, might I add. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Chuck is gonna, like... He, he had his gun up, like, tense before, but now it's kind of, like, relaxed at his side, and he's just casually walking over to that bench. Quite a well-worded specter, no? What? Yeah, I, uh, I, I, what? Where? where? Deep within this complex. And with that, um, everyone else can start hearing this voice, and uh, with the last word of complex you now realize that all of you have gravitated around this cylinder. Ah. Uh, oh, fuck. What, what, what is that? I am one who inquires beyond places of safety. I require your How... how can we help? I will show you. But first... I cannot see through this prison that I am in. I require sight and hearing. Fix this problem. 
Um, does he mean literally? Because I, I don't. Oh man, <laughs> uh, it's it's already kind of cramped in here. I gotta be honest. Hmm. Who? Any of you? Me. Oh fuck. Um. Mm-hmm. N- n- uh, nose goes. Travis, did you say me? Yes. You have my humble thanks. And then everything goes quiet for a second. And Travis, you feel something in your head. Finally, something. (laughs) (laughs) You feel this additional presence. It's not controlling you, but it is seeing and hearing and feeling with the same senses. And you feel yourself saying, Oh, it feels, feels good to see again, to hear and to feel. You have my thanks. And that, that speech uh, coming from... Travis. Travis, okay. Oh, boy. So you're in Travis now. Hmm. Yes, I am. I'm not controlling him. I am merely cooperating with his body. Um, Travis, I would like you to make a sanity roll, because this is fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, that's roll one way to put weird. it. <laughs> All right, so let's say I'm at 29. Yeah, that's a 42 over 29. Okay, so you only lose three sanity. Oh, boy. And once again, Travis, you feel yourself say, if you follow me, I know the way to the Chamber of Energy. Quick, quick question. This is out of game. Uh... Uh, am I still is Travis still able to talk or is yes, that yes, like yes you know you you are still able to talk it's just it's almost as if you have two consciousnesses in your head at once fantastic it's like a goa old thing yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right and Travis you find that you know exactly the way well tally ho gentlemen <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> Lead the way, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, excuse me. Um, what exactly are you? Uh, one who inquires. I forget. (laughs) I think it was one who inquires in unsafe spaces. One who inquires from beyond places of safety. Yes, uh. What exactly are you? I, to put it quite simply, am not from your world, nor your time. There are some who call us Yithians. We go by other names. I have been trapped in this outpost for millennia, longer than you probably ever existed, your species. There is much more to this world than any of you in this room could possibly understand. All that has been written already, you only need to consult the libraries of history and the works considered insane by many. In these you will find the ultimate and eternal truth. 
Um, <laughs> there's gonna be a click and a flashing, <laughs> and Louis is gonna take a picture of the bee. <laughs> just <laughs> utterly, just kind of. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so now you have a great portrait of Travis. <laughs> An excellent candid with his mouth like half open, one eye is blinked. <laughs> <laughs> so without further ado, please follow this Travis. What he, I said, lead the way, I guess. Mm-hmm. And... He enters into one of the doors, and once again, you find yourself going down one of these blue, white, fluorescent, slimy passages. This one seems shorter, not by much, but definitely shorter than the last tunnel you were in. You ignore all these offshoots and follow straight towards another one of the doors. Travis opens it up, and this unadorned chamber has dark, gray-black, smooth walls and a jet black pointed spire about 12 inches across and four feet tall sits in the center of the space. And there is also yet another aperture and another door. So, uh, um, uh, we have a shorter name for Mr. Spirit over here. The Inquirer. I'm gonna call him Jim. If you must. <laughs> Jim the all-knowing. So, uh, Jim, I'm gonna call you that. Uh, where, what do we exactly do we have to do? Is it something to do with these door-looking things? It is, <laughs> to put it frankly, far more complicated than that. If you wish to give me a second, I must consult my memory and try to recall the way from here. Uh, okay. Didn't know remembering was hard. So once again, there is that jet black spire in the middle. I'd like to cast identify. <laughs> <laughs> I'll walk up to it and just poke around. Okay. Uh, did you say you poked it? Yeah, you know, I'll actually, I'll actually kind of poke it a bit. Okay. Here comes the nelfish snake. <laughs> oh, <God>. Yes. <laughs> uh, so you touch it and you feel this wave of exhilaration. Um, oof. You lose five points of power. Oh, holy shit. Yikes. However, um, suddenly the walls of the room drop away into the darkness of deep space. You appear to be hanging in the void. Stars surround you. The milky disk of the galaxy arcs across your view ablaze with color. It is utterly immersive, even though you are still safely in the chamber with your feet firmly on the ground. Everyone make a quick sanity roll for me as you experience the majesty of outer space for the first time. Hey, 1429. So apparently tentacles and another conscience in my brain is enough, but space ain't gonna do it. Not today. <laughs> I want to say this now. Steven, you fuck. <laughs> you did this. this. I've done nothing to deserve this. Bullshit. You said this is a sanity roll? Yes. Okay. That's, uh, Orson that's... got a 27 over 8. Chuck got a 30 over 26. If anything happens to me, Steven, I swear to God. 
I got a, I got a 50 over 38. Okay. Orson, you are one lucky motherfucker. You only, you only lost one. Oh my god. But now it's seven. <laughs> Holy shit, that's an eight. <laughs> uh, Henry, what did you get? Oh my gosh. I rolled uh, 87 over 28. Okay, Henry, you lose three. Chuck, what did you get? A 30 over 26. Okay, you will also lose one. And okay. Travis, you succeeded, right? Correct. Okay, you only t- you only lose one. Uh... Um. <laughs> Do I uh, lose any sanity here? I got a 50 over 38. Okay, yeah, you will lose three as well. Gotcha. What do you want, Steven? I'm at 35. Must be nice. Must be nice. (laughs) Must be nice. Must be nice. The voices are only whispers for now. Travis, you're at 28, right? Uh, Currently, I'm at 25. Okay. So back to the what we were talking about. So you all hear this kind of bizarre clicking. You observe this vast alien vista. Structures of woven metal and ice soar with astonishing grace above frigid plains. Ornate branching platforms spread high above the ground and so on. And um, you see a vague shadow in the distance and hear a bit of a hum. And this beam shoots out towards you and you are violently brought back into reality. Louis, you need to make a constitution roll. Oh boy. Okay. Wow, that is... Interesting. Okay. Um, that is a 28 under 45. 28 under 45? Yeah. Okay. Um, your head hurts, but you don't suffer any damage. Oh, thank God. Uh, Travis says, perhaps it is best not to touch and tinker with things you don't understand. Uh, 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 yeah. I, I can get behind that. And with that, Travis says, well, I I believe I remember the way. Follow me. And um, the voice urges you to continue moving. Oh, let's keep on moving then. Keep <clears throat> on keeping on. Okay. And yet again, you enter into one of these long tunnels. And yet again, it ends in another large circular door that opens up into the same type of circular chamber. This one, larger than the rest, is a 30 feet in diameter. And in the center stands a broad, gently sloping, truncated cone, about 13 feet in diameter and six inches high, with a broad flat top and copper metallic surface pitted and scarred. And Travis... You feel yourself point to a door at the end of the hallway. It is just through this, just through this door, through another tunnel and past the door. Well, um, everyone ready? Yeah, as loud as I'll ever be. Hey, that's my line. Ah. All right, let's go. And as you guys are making your way across the chamber, Uh, You feel this disturbing vibration that rattles through your bodies. Everyone make a constitution roll. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. A lot of rolling in this area. 
It's all good. I got a 90 over 45. Okay. Orson got a 98 over 35. That's bad. Okay. Travis rolled a 52 under 90. Okay. Just tell me who failed. Failed. Henry failed. Orson failed. Chuck did not fail. Okay. And Travis, you said you succeeded? Correct. Okay. So everyone but Chuck and Travis, you guys double over with nausea and lose the contents of your stomach as the air begins to ripple over the cone. It's then when you notice that all around this chamber are more of those pentagonal apertures and suddenly one flickers open. Uh, one, a gate flickers open for a moment and an iridescent sphere almost 10 feet across suspends above the cone and then collapses again with the sound of thunder. And you see one of the uh, gates open. Someone roll me a d6. You got it. I hope this is a good thing. Uh, one. Okay. So, the aperture opens up, and you see what looks like the outback. And then you see something large step into view. It is an enormous kangaroo, like the size of an elephant. It bounds along as these giant birds wander the shore of a heavily vegetated lake behind you. And then it closes. I'm feeling kind. You do not have to make a sanity roll. Okay. <laughs> Woo! Thank God. <laughs> um, and uh, Travis, you say, perhaps we should hurry on. <laughs> I don't want to know where that leads to. You push forward, correct? Correct. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to skip the same tunnel door. Of course. Woo. And finally, you guys can feel this energy emanating from the room beyond. And Travis, you say, this is it. This is where things are coming from. Now, Travis, would you mind opening the door for me? Might as well. And Travis reaches his short, stubby arm over to the door and touches it. The door opens, and at the center of this gray-walled room are two cones of blacker-than-black material. One descends from the ceiling, one rises up from the floor, their tips almost meeting at something the eye cannot keep in view. Their bases at the floor and ceiling branch organically into a fringe of thick and rope-like black cables which branch again and again until the walls of the room are covered in a fine web of wires that disappear into tiny pores in the walls. The wires, floor, and air seem to vibrate with some barely perceptible frequency. There is unimaginable power contained here. Oh, man. Chuck looks around and he's, uh, I wouldn't say overwhelmed, but just like, it's a lot to look at, to feel, to be in. It's a lot. Would these, uh, these branching wires, uh, would they model a certain sequence that is famous mathematically in any, uh, <laughs> <laughs> any sort of way? 
Um, no. I figured. However, if you want to make a mathematics roll for me, you may do so. I will do that. And as you guys are looking around the room, you once again note that this point where these cones meet, you just, you can't seem to look at it. It just seems to hang at the edge of perception. That mathematics roll was, <sighs> that a 99? That's a 99. Yep. Over 70. Oh no. Man. Maybe. Some doctor you are. Damn. You can push if you'd like. I would like to. Okay. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking a lot about what Jim or whatever we're calling him said uh, earlier about how there's so much that we don't know about this world. Uh, and Orson is looking desperately to find any familiarity in this crazy fever dream that he's found himself in. Okay. And that is a 30 under 70. Okay. So these cables, these tendrils, they do seem mathematic in purpose. And you follow them and to their destination and then back to their origin. And you linger on the origin for a second. You know, once again, you can't really quite perceive it. And then something hits you. You once observed a lecture from a up-and-coming scientist, uh, one Albert Einstein, and his um, partner, Karl Schwarzschild. You recall them theorizing about something in their investigation of general relativity, a point at time and space that reaches outside our universe or across it to connect an infinity of possibilities. They call it a singularity and have speculated that it may connect our universe to another or even contain a whole other universe. It appears this complex seems to be harnessing the power of a singularity. This is incredible. It's only been theorized only recently. How is this possible? As I said, there are many things in this world that you do not quite know yet. And as he finishes saying that, um, a faint breeze emanates from the point at its center, growing stronger until you guys are facing almost gale-forced winds. The space suddenly warps, twists, and burps, and all the air in the room is sucked into it. The ground buckles and twists, and you are thrown against a wall and knocked off your feet. For an infinitely short, but far too long time, the room twists and warps, and then you lie or stand, you can't tell, on a rocky hillside, gulping air from an atmosphere all too thin looking up at a night sky alive with wheels of uncountable stars. Some of these are blotted out as enormous creatures with too many legs and wings fly overhead and scream their defiance, until they, along with their world, are devoured by the singularity in an instant. The room pops back into normal, with only the echo of an earthquake rumbling outwards throughout the hills, and the air rushes back into the room like a thunderclap. As you drag welcome air back into your lungs, I would like a sanity roll. 
Oh boy. Oh god. Lovely. Fail. <laughs> I've got a seven in 100 chance to get this. Benny, you got this. I don't got this. No, Benny, you got this. No, I, I actually don't. It's a 53. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so that's a fail from Benny. It's a fail for Henry. It's a fail for Chuck. It's a fail for Travis. A success for Louis. I, I think I'm the only one that passed. Okay. Honestly, we should start measuring by who succeeds. Because <laughs> yeah, it's seriously. It's just that unforgiving. <laughs> Pretty much. All right, Louis, you only lose two sanity. Oh, I fear for the figure that you guys are going to face. Okay. Oh, Thank no. you, Jacob. Orson, you may keep failing these rolls, but you are fucking. I rolled a two. Oh God! Oh. So you lose two sanity. Oh God, dude, you are being pinged in sanity here. Henry, you lose five. Ouch. Mm-hmm. What, what's Henry at now? Henry is at twenty. Oh, 20. Yep. Chuck, you lose one. Oh my God. And uh, Travis, you lose six. Oh God. Oh God, that could have been me. <laughs> oh god oh god so Travis and Henry I would like both of you to make an intelligence roll for me nah oh god that's so bad who's making an intelligence roll uh, Travis and Henry okay okay I rolled a 2 under 60 <gasps> yeah dang Oh, oh <laughs> I rolled a 97 over 65. <laughs> that's, that's a little higher. That's a little higher. <laughs> uh, once again, the weight and gravity of this situation is lost on you. Um, but Henry, oh, that too. you suddenly come to the realization that we're not alone in this universe. Uh we're not alone on this planet. They're aliens. You're never alone. And you will always feel paranoid that something is watching you. And that realization makes you afraid. And you curl up into a ball and just start rocking yourself on the ground. Mm-hmm. Travis, you, you feel yourself say, I fear that I am correct. The singularity cannot hold. It is unstable. We need to get rid of it. What? Uh, uh, what? What is the uh, the the purpose of this place? Why? Why is there? What is this powering, or what is this this keeping contained? Many, many millennium ago, another race that some have come to call the Elder Things arrived on Earth. Life had barely even started, perhaps not even past single cells. They made this outpost to try to expand their territory, but were wiped out by another race known as the Migo, the same race that trapped my consciousness and my brain in the cylinder. This singularity is powering this outpost, and it is unstable. Plan amongst yourselves of what you would like to do. I must consult my knowledge. The the side effects of getting rid of this could be immeasurable. Like how immeasurable? Like what, we'd destroy this cave? No, 
we're talking we could rip multiple universes apart. Hmm. Well, what are we supposed to do? Well, I have an idea. You may not like it. It's better than any idea I have. Let's hear it. If we can shape the singularity's containment energy around it, we can allow it to melt down into the planet, where it'll fall back and forth beneath the surface for, who knows, longer than your sun will survive. But there is the possibility that as it gets closer to the surface, things might occur. I'm not quite sure what. Is there any other option? Yes, it's much more dangerous. But by carefully manipulating the containment field, we can effectively launch it into space to another world far, far away from Earth. I have the the technical knowledge to do this, but it is a difficult plan to execute as it requires precise redirection of powerful forces containing the singularity. Oh, man. What do, what do you guys think? I personally think we should give the whole shooting it into space thing a shot. I'd agree. Mm-hmm. I'd agree. Not in my backyard. Further away from home, the better. Yeah, I would. Um, I would be a lot more comfortable with a little extra distance. Very well. Now, Travis, you have been a wonderful host, but you will have to forgive me if I doubt that you are the most mathematically or technologically minded of the group. No offense taken. Is there any among you who is a? Preeminent scholar of mathematics and or technology. Mm. Well, uh, <laughs> I would probably fit the bill on this one. Will you allow me the dignity to share your mind? Uh, Orson sort of sits. He stands there for a second and in silence there's like a bajillion things running through his head, um, all contradicting what he's previously held as world beliefs. And uh, it basically, he just tons of thoughts are swimming around his head right now. But he he figures the best way to figure things out is to uh, maybe share uh, a mind <laughs> with this being. Uh, so after a few seconds, he says, I uh, accept. You have my thanks. And the thanks of this whole world. And this time you feel a presence in your mind. I'm not going to prompt a sanity roll from you because it's just a little cruel. (laughs) That would kill me. (laughs) So the entity begins spouting off instructions and uh, precise um, calculations and measurements. I would like you to make a combined role of mathematics and electrical or mechanical repair. Oh God. Okay. Okay. I don't have either of those repair skills, so it's going to be a flat 10 on that. Mm-hmm. Please. No nineties. My dude. No whammies. Holy no shit. No nineties. 
That's uh, 95. Oh. oh my god. Okay, you can push or you can spend your luck. Oh. You can push or let the earth die. <laughs> well, when you put it that way, uh, I'll try to push for similar reasons as stated before, you know, just really, really wanting to uh, like figure this out uh, and understand better what's going on. Okay. Please. This is all I ask. Are you fucking kidding me? That's another 95. <laughs> no way. I will let you re-roll with a bonus die because I forgot to give you a bonus die in the first place. Okay. It's a flat 80. <laughs> Come oh, on. Boy. Uh, <laughs> that's Did a we lose? Uh, I have a 70 in this skill for fuck's sake. It's so bad. Jesus. To, to be fair, you asked for not a 90. You got it. <laughs> that, wait, okay, so that was with the bonus die? Uh, no, that wasn't. So add the bonus, do the bonus die, which is you reroll the hundreds place. Ah, okay. Please let this work. Yes, 15. <sighs> so 15. 15 under 70. Oh. <sighs> so you follow the entity's instructions um, and you almost make a mistake, but it suddenly stop. You want to do it on the other side. And you make his correction. And you step back as this rumble fills the room. And suddenly it emits a burst of sharp violet energy and shoots out and disappears at a steep angle. As it departs, the earth shudders bucking and rippling for what seems like minutes, but is in fact only a few seconds. And then silence falls. Did... Did we do it? Yes. It worked. <sighs> Chuck just kind of... Something to sit on and just... He's just taking a breather. It is on its way to the coldest depths of interplanetary space, to a place called Yogoth, where it will be trapped at least until it consumes that world, and after that... And he just leaves it unfinished. And then... the lights go out, as you just launch the power source out of the outpost. Well, we still have our lanterns, right? Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. I light my lantern again. I light up a cigarette, too. And, Orson, you find yourself saying, You are the one called Orson, correct? Yes, this is correct. It would be a great dignity for me if I might reside in your mind and study the world around you. I, uh... I would find this... Agreeable. Very well. Then, if you will all follow Orson, he can lead you out. 
uh, you look up and there's a hole in the ceiling. Moonlight is streaming in. The hole is about 30 feet above you. Do we still have rope? I think so. Can we fashion together a uh, grapple? Hmm. I don't know what we'd have. Yeah, well, let's see. Um. Oh. It, it, I, I, I've got an idea. What if Chuck empties his gun, keeps the bullets on him, ties the rope to the gun, and then uses that as, like, the... Wait. Yeah, as the weight. The problem is getting it hooked on something, I think. Um, can, can I make a spot hidden roll for a crevice above us that I could lodge my gun into? Sure. All right, that is a 55 under 70. Okay. Actually, uh, make a throw roll. Oh, but I'll keep that success and give you a bonus die on this roll. All right. That's a bad roll. 20. Exactly. I rolled a 90 before and that bonus die saved me. So you managed to throw it up and it barely catches on a slight outcropping just enough to hold your weight. All right, let's climb on out of here. You'll have to make a climb roll, though. Oh, fuck. I'll say climb or dexterity. I will say I will go with dexterity because my climb is absolute garbage. Okay. 67 over 48. You can push. I try again. God damn it. 90 exactly again. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> what is with these 90 rolls? The first time you jump on the rope, you can't really quite get a hold of it. And then you kind of grit your teeth, crack your knuckles, do a bit of a jump off the wall to try to get height on the rope to get some better grip. And the shock of that happening yanks the gun out from the ledge and the grapple plummets to the ground. Well, that could have gone better. I don't know. Can we go back the way we came? It is possible. Are there uh, any dangers on the way back since the singularity is gone? Hmm. You may have awoken the Ur-Shogoth. The what? The Shogoth were servitors of the Elder Things. And Ur-Shogoth is their queen of sorts. It births them into existence. <laughs> um, you walk away. Uh... So I, I suppose you have two options. We can retreat. It's about five miles back to the cave from whence you came. Or we can try to climb out of here. Hmm. How smooth are the walls like would it be feasible to try and climb our way out of here the first portion of it is very difficult very smooth but the latter end of it is not it's not difficult but it's not easy 
as far as you can tell. Okay. Uh, what would be the skill required to try and make a climb attempt? Climb. Um, Orson is going to try to climb. Okay. Give me a hard climb roll. Okay. What, a 15 that I need to get? I think it's 10. Yes, you're right. I misread. Okay. And you can still spend luck. Oh, yeah. Well, I'd have to use 13 points of luck. Uh, I'm going to. I have 60 <laughs> luck. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you should have told me I could do that because I have, like, so much luck. Man, I forgot we could do that completely. You can spend luck or you can push. You can't do both. Okay, yeah, I'll spend I'll spend luck. Are you kidding me? Okay. So despite his very scholarly appearance, Orson does a free climb and gets to the part of the hole that leads to the exit. All right. Now, the question is, do I have the rope on me? No, I still have the rope, although I can still I can like throw it up to you. You could toss it up to me. Yeah, I'm just going to throw it up to him. Okay. Okay. So you catch it? I'll I'll try to tie it off to something. A rock, perhaps. Uh, make a luck roll. Okay. Yeah. See, my newly diminished luck. See, that puts me down at 47. So I'm going to kick you in the ass, I bet. That's a two under 47. Okay. Never mind. Uh, yeah, you, manage, you find a decent outcropping that you can fasten the rope to. Awesome. I do that. All right. So anyone who wishes to climb up needs to make a regular climb roll instead of a hard climb. Alrighty. Can I still make a dex roll on that one? Uh, no. All right, then. <sighs> Chuck does not succeed. Travis did not succeed. Louis did not succeed. Henry did not <laughs> succeed. <laughs> okay, in all honesty, did anyone put any extra points in the climb? Nope. No. Yeah, uh, that's the thing. Actually, wait a second. Louis has a 70. I got a 74. I'm going to spend some luck. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, I got a 39. <laughs> I'm good. Okay. Wait, did you re-roll? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So that's just a push then. Oh, I'm sorry. I totally... It's my... Ah, oh, God. That's all good. So... I imagine you would try to get like a running jump onto the rope. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. You shimmy up and meet Orson. This tunnel is actually relatively wide. About two people could walk abreast and be a little uncomfortable. I'll say the rest of you, there's enough time that you guys start making your way up. And you go for a very long time. It's You're, you're very deep underground. And... Then you feel something. Have you ever been in a subway station as a train's coming? Yeah. So you know how the pressure seems to change in the air as your ears pop, right? Yeah. Well, that happens. You guys are almost out when you hear a squelching, horrid noise behind you. Like below us or? Yes, below you. Okay. I think Henry looks down. Uh, I'd like to think that Orson has learned his lesson at in looking at strange things uh, on this excursion. 
Louis has 33 sanity to spare and looks down. I'm not going to look. Chuck's a little bit like stricken with fear because he's like, oh, fuck. And it's there, isn't it? Travis? Yes, I, I am also. Uh, I'm not quite exactly sane, so I'm going to look at it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He's going to die. So. The three of you look down and you see a horrid mass of undulating amorphous material with bulging alien eyes and rippling mouths and tentacles as it forces its way up this tunnel after you. The three of you make a sanity roll for me. Okay. Uh, Louis got a three under 33. Okay. Oh, we got a 49 under 19. Over 19. Sorry. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, Henry failed spectacularly. Okay. So those who failed lose 2d10 plus 5. Oh boy. Holy crap. This could be it for Henry, right? That can actually kill all of you. Henry, you lose 21 sanity. Oh my god. Travis, you lose 25. Holy crap. Oh what my the god. Fuck? <laughs> Louis, you lose five. Oh, ow. He says, ow. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I can't believe it. It's so terrible. How could this oh, happen to me? God. Make an intelligence roll for me, Louis. And Henry and Travis, don't worry about it. Yeah. You are below zero sanity. I have control over your characters now. I have several 28 under 80. Oh, man. Oh, man. Um, oh, man. Louis, from <laughs> now on, you are extremely dissociative. You have Capgrass Syndrome. For the rest of your life, you will never be sure if anyone is really what they are. Oh, boy. Holy so shit. Orson and Chuck, you guys are hustling forward. Henry, you stop. And you see this. And everything makes sense. All the strange things that you've seen, all the encounters you've had over the past year, they all make sense. And you want to learn more. And the only way to learn more is to get closer. And Travis, why? Travis doesn't remember anything. He doesn't remember why he's there. He doesn't remember his family. He doesn't remember anything. Barely his own name. He just stands there stupefied as Henry pushes past him. Orson and Chuck, what are you going to do? Chuck is still, like, fear-stricken and, like, is staring ahead of him and not moving a muscle because he doesn't want to risk losing his own mind again. So for the moment, he's just, like, staying still 
in like a walking stance, but like shaking as his muscles tense up very violently and he's sweating all over. Um, was Henry, like, would I be able to see him do this, like, get closer? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm gonna try my best to get close to Henry and stop him, like, grab a hold of him without looking myself. Okay. I want you to make a luck roll. Okay. Thirty-one under forty-seven. Okay. Yes, you are able to do it. But Henry, you're stopped by something. Something wants to stop you from seeing this. You pull out your gun. Damn. <laughs> Always with the fucking gun. Truth is, kid, the game was rigged from the start. Please make a firearms roll for me. I will end you angry. Oh, okay. Oh, I'll just jingle jangle. Are you fucking kidding me? That's a that's a one. What? You deal max damage. Oh my god. What's the damage for a handgun again? One D ten. God damn it. Holy shit. Orson. Henry turns around. Fuck. You're not stopping me from enlightenment, Orson. Not this time. And you all hear a gunshot. And Orson lies dead. A bullet through his head. On the tunnel ground. Travis, you confusedly stumble your way back out through the top. As Henry, you lie with open arms as as enlightenment envelops you and Henry is dead crushed by this amorphous mass the three of you left managed to make it out to the top but you can tell it's still coming what do you do uh oh fuck me dude what do we do what happened to the dude inside my head We'll get there. Okay. <laughs> okay. Make it to the top. Uh, what's around us again? You're in this rocky outcrop situated in the outback. Okay. Um, fuck. Do I have a general idea of where our location is? Make a navigate roll. Okay. Let's see. Oh, I actually have some proficiency in this. Um, please, God, this is actually the role I really need to succeed. <laughs> That's a 78 <laughs> over 30. You can push. I, I think hard. <laughs> I, I think back to where, like, we came in into the mines and everything, and I retrace all my steps as best I can. Oh, oh, baby. That's a 24 under 30. All right. You know where to go. Um, I fucking go there. Holy shit. Where do I? I, um, okay. It's time to go back to those camels. <laughs> it's time to get the hell out of Dodge. I have my Lee Enfield still, and I, I point it in a direction, and I yell back, this way, and I start sprinting. Does that snap Chuck out of his state? Make a luck roll for me. 
Okay. 68 under 70. Oh. Okay. Lucky. You are you are able to snap out of it. All right. Any of you bringing Travis with you? Oh, fuck yeah. I'll grab him. No, either of us can grab him, I suppose. You're probably a lot stronger than I am. Um, actually, how about how about we both grab him? You know what? Yeah, and also he's small. Really? I didn't pick up on that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, as you go to grab him, you can see this thing. It's just about out of the tunnel now. Fuck. Chuck, it's your turn to make a sanity roll. Fuck. <laughs> oh, God, this is where he fucking kills me. This is the hardest roll I've ever made in my entire fucking life right here. <gasps> That's a 17 under 24. <gasps> Holy <gasps> shit. My dude. I was, I was really concerned whether it was a 7 or a, or a 1. Oh. You still lose 10 sanity. I... Shit. Okay. Make an intelligence roll for me. 97. Hey, isn't that a good thing? No. No, it's not. No, that is a good thing. It, wait, it is? Yeah, you're supposed to fail this. <laughs> I'm supposed... Oh, okay. You guys book it. As the sling erupts out of the hole I would like everyone to make a dexterity roll for me even the dead ones of no. course the dead ones <laughs> who, who do you think he was talking about <laughs> he said everybody should I also make a dexterity roll considering I'm being carried yes okay that's a complete fucking fail that's a 96 over 35 <sighs> 48 on 48 and then uh 39 under 75. So you guys are sprinting and running, the brush scraping at your legs and arms, your feet pounding against the hard, sharpened rocks. And at one point, you lose grip of Travis. Oh, shit. And you are helpless to watch as he is engulfed by the creature. Fuck. Fuck, run. <laughs> Holy shit. Um... Run! We can't help him! Go! Go! Louis is totally... Louis is no longer Louis. He is Lou. He is back in World War mode. Oh, fucking shit, dude. And he's still got his camera. And he's fucking booking it. Yeah, we're running. We're booking. Oh, yeah. The beast roars and continues its charge against you. As you guys mount the hill... You can see now you're on top of where the mine complex is. You can see the buildings and the smelters below. You can even see the flicker of a firelight coming from where Ahmed apparently lies waiting. And I would like one final dexterity roll. <sighs> 44. 44 under 75. 48. Come on. 17 again. Wow. That is 17 again. The two of you crest the hill and slide down, running faster and harder than you have ever run in your life, for your life depends on it right now. And you guys watch as the creature crests the hill and stops and then slinks backwards. 
deciding you're too much of a problem to be worth chasing. And you guys slide down, not stopping until you reach Ahmed. And he stands up and looks at you like, What the fuck happened? You guys are gone for it. You guys look, look like you just saw a ghost. The others are dead. We gotta go now. What? What do you mean? <laughs> Somebody's chasing us and it's gonna kill us. We gotta go now. Um, he's like, oh, all right. I warned you. I, I warned you about the Yedna. I'm gonna put. Can I punch? Can I punch him across the face for that go bullshit? Ahead. Make a make a fighting brawl roll. Holy shit! Fuck this guy. Oh my god. <laughs> um, I got I got a 19 percent of 25. I'm rolling really well today. I am very happy. Okay, <laughs> yeah, you punch him right across the nose, and he's like, "Mother, all right." Get on the fucking camels and let's go then. I get on the fucking camel and I, I get on the go. fucking camel and I fucking go. <laughs> okay. And you guys tear off into the night. Behind you, the mine recedes in the distance, and a figure stands at the base of it. And he waves. He has a dog with him, and he shouts, "I warned ya!" as Ari Jepart disappears in the distance. And that is where the story comes to a close. So I want to know what happens to Louie and Chuck. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, Lou is already fairly disillusioned in the aspect of people, but with his newfound imposter syndrome, he's now very tentative of people. And whereas before he was more nervous, and uh, scared around them, he has almost become something of aggressive, seeing as how how these events kind of changes perception of people as a whole, knowing that some people are trying to get close to him or aren't who they say they are, and there's always something deeper. However, in order to shove that sort of knowingness in their face, Louis develops all of the photos of his trip, and he tries as hard as he can to get them published. Okay. Chuck? First chance Chuck gets, he goes back to the States. Uh, he goes back to Arkham, and uh, he he resigns from the police force. He decides to go on, he decides to go over to the west side of the United States because he figures California is very pretty. And, uh, he uh, goes there and finds himself a uh, security job working for a bank. And he says to himself, I am never leaving this godforsaken state for anything because his stake was too well done. Okay. And one day you find yourself, you're at home, your feet up against the ottoman. You're just sitting around having a smoke. And you become cognizant of a presence in your mind. And you feel yourself say, Well, Chuck, it's been a while, hasn't it? Thank you so much for taking me away from that wretched place. I have learned so much about your world from you. You have my humble thanks. And that is where our story will finally come to a close.
We sincerely thank you for listening to our strange story tonight, and we hope it gave you chills and thrills alike. Join us next time for The Haunter in the Dark by H.P. Lovecraft. Follow us on social media. We are Tales from the Orn Library official on Facebook and at Orn Library Pod on Twitter. Additionally, you can visit our website where you can view all the handouts used in the show thus far. And until next time, listeners, remember, the library is always open. Thank you.